Welcome to the Rural Pastor Podcast with your host, Pastor Andy Addis. You plant the seeds in the ground, though the fields have long been brown. But Lord, when will your harvest come in? You're giving all you've got to give in the place where you've been sent. But will this labor make much difference in the end? Will no one ever know? Sometimes you feel so all alone. Like the prophet Jeremiah, you may be the one to go to the dying and the broken with a message of hope. To that church on the corner of that forgotten little town With a room of empty peers where his love can still be found You may never know of all the seeds you sow But it just takes one willing soul to make it known Welcome to a very special edition of the Rural Pastor Podcast Uh, Because it's a special time of year. For some, others, it's a challenge, and we're going to talk about that in just a minute. I have a special guest with us for our special episode to do these special (laughs) things. Is that enough specials for us? I feel so special. You should feel special. Uh, (laughs) She has been with us before. This is the wonderful, the lovely Mrs. Addis, Mm, my bride. And you may recognize her voice because she is... The voice over at the beginning and the end. Of the, yeah. th- that's what happens when you're yeah. married to a podcaster. And it's cheap labor. And, well, yeah. and you have a degree. I do. In that's radio, true. TV, film. I mean, you're, true. you're not afraid of this. As a matter of fact, <laughs> in our church, you're in charge of all things video from weekend to weekend. Mm, I am in charge of some stuff video. <laughs> <laughs> it's very techy. They're very, very techy. Very techy. Everybody's very techy now. Not everybody, I guess. That is but, true. Well, th- that's not what we're talking about. The reason that you are here is this is Pastor Appreciation Month. We, at the end of the month here, um, it is Pastor Appreciation Month, and that does one of two things in the, in the hearer. Mm. Uh, as pastors, you're either like, this is great, got some gift cards, felt appreciated, there was some love, or it's just the opposite mm. because you were hoping somebody would remember yeah. uh, and uh, and no one did. The whole purpose of the Rural Pastor Podcast is to be pastor appreciation every single episode. Yeah. You know, we talk about the fact that this is the place where we want to pat on the back, pour into, uh, because you're important and what you do is important. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we want to emphasize that. But specifically on this occasion, at the end of October 2023, we want to say congratulations to pastors. But the reason this is a special episode, there's a lot of guys doing that. And, and you should receive it. If you, if you haven't received it, we, we showed up this weekend at church and somebody had hired one of those yard companies yeah. to, to spell out in big letters in front of the church that you know, thank you to our pastors yeah. at, at Crossroads. It was awesome. It was sweet. It was wonderful. And so I took pictures and, and posted <laughs> and all that. Um, and, and And when I posted it, I said, I want to share this with you because not everybody receives this, but you deserve this yeah. in that role. And so we want everyone to know that even if you're not acknowledged now, you will be acknowledged then. Yeah. That everything that you do, God sees. Mm-hmm. Even the stuff that your right hand doesn't know your left hand is doing, especially that stuff. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that, that God is aware of. But 
as we celebrate pastors and and try to celebrate pastors in Pastor Appreciation Month, it is often undersung. Is that a, a way to say it? Or uh, they they, sure. they miss out pastors' wives, uh, and mm-hmm. uh, we all know that if it weren't for the pastors' wives, the pastor <laughs> would be messed up. <laughs> There's a good chance. <laughs> There's a good chance. There's I remember chance. years ago, years ago, when I was still in seminary and uh, we were doing that tri-vocational thing while going mm. to school, we found I found a, a cartoon and it hung around with us forever. And it was yeah. of a, a pastor's wife on the phone with obviously her mother or sister or something like that. And she says, no, I have to go. The man who spiritually feeds the town can't find his socks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's about right. <laughs> uh, it's just too true. That's yeah. That, that's why we had it. And and there's such a value in that. Many pastors' wives maybe have a more visual uh, presence. They have a more public role. Mm-hmm. But so many just serve quietly yeah. and and effectively and passionately. And and we want to say that you're seen yeah. and that we love you. So the first one that I want to thank is you. Thank you for being in this game with us for 30 years. Can you believe that? I was a child, Brian. Yes, you were. (laughs) Child of 23. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, so thank you. And I don't know, I I haven't given you any prep on this because this is just always conversational. But just off the top of your head, you serve in a couple capacities. One Mm -hmm. uh, for our state convention, um, which Mm -hmm. is what? I am the... Ministry Wives Volunteer Director? Yeah, <laughs> the, the title's hard, but, I, but that's the direction. I think that's right. And then you've recently also taken on a, a, a role helping out at the national level with the North American Mission Board replant team. And do you remember? That was a long title, too. It was the um, uh, Spouse Care Team? May, I am so bad with titles. It I, is okay. Because <laughs> I, I don't remember either. They were long titles. In other words, what you do is that they've recognized at the national level for replant, they've recognized at our state convention level, and we obviously recognize it in our network of churches, that Kathy is great at loving on pastor's wives. Mm, she wants to anyway. Well, and that, that's where your heart is. Yeah. <laughs> and, and where you desire to, to meet those needs. and. You've been doing it for a while, and I think you can go to one of two, one of three ways. You can either be meh and not care, you can be burnt and run yeah. away, or you can go full in. And at 30 years, you are going full in. Why, Kathy? Why are you, <laughs> at 30 years in ministry, running headlong into loving the head, hands, and hearts of those women who are in ministry? Um, this is going to make me cry, and that's not very nice of you. <laughs> um my heart just aches for those ladies that serve and day in and day out. And they, you know, they make sure their husbands are fed and their laundry is done and their kids are taken care of. And that their home is where it should be while that, while their husband is going out doing all of the things that the, the church and the world is commanding of him. Um, but they, and not just that, not just that, then they also serve at church. They, the, those that play the piano and help with the kids and clean the toilets and stack the chairs and send notes and all this stuff. They, they make sure people have meals and they make sure that people are loved on. And it just, it's, it's hard. Mm. It's hard because very seldom do people realize and understand that they too have needs. They too have a broken heart or 
they have, they, they're dealing with their own things as well. Amen. Amen. And so as you've recognized that in your own life, and we haven't done yeah. things perfectly, but hopefully no. you felt loved to, yeah. uh, <laughs> by not only congregations, but by your husband. Um, but uh, as you've now recognized this, there's kind of a second season you and I are both going through. Mm-hmm. I, I've been, I wrote this book called Rhythms because I want pastors to get healthy rhythms. And you're entering into this spousal ministry because there's such a need there. We're actually kind of at this place in our in our fifties, uh, that we <laughs> that we have this desire to take care of those who we recognize when we were younger, yeah. and um, you know I'm not going to make you share anything, but I know you've publicly shared this story before. One of your early pastors' wife experiences when you were a youth pastor's wife is when mm. we went to Glorietta, <laughs> Glory in Glorietta, the national campground, yeah. and you actually went into a room of pastors' wives for uh, one of the first <laughs> times, and you came out not positively influenced. I think weeping is the word you were looking for there. (laughs) And why is that? Well, it was really, um, okay. I was all of what, maybe 25. Maybe. I think it was our one year anniversary. So I was 24, 25, something like that. And, um, I was already intimidated because I, I had no idea what I was doing. And, and, and I say this, you were quote unquote, just a youth pastor, which is completely ridiculous, but pastors, a pastor is a pastor, a pastor is a pastor is a pastor, but in a room full of these were all, I'm going to very gently say older ladies. Um, they had been serving longer than I had been alive Mm. and they were just burnt out. And And maybe not all of them, but there was a group think going on. Right. There weren't just a whole lot of them. Um, they, but it was very sour, you know, Mm. it was very, and and I left there thinking, I cannot do this. I cannot do this. And they were, they were, it was things like, I, if I have to play the piano one more service or, you know, I've been with those babies for 10 years. I haven't heard a sermon and, you know, and just on it. And I'm just sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, I can't do this. I cannot do this. And, and when I came out, that's all, that's what I, I think that's exactly what I said to you was, mm-hmm. I can't do this. And I'm like, wow, we should not have come here. <laughs> this was not a good idea. <laughs> and might I remind you, it was your idea that I go to that. Yes, yes, it was. I, I, I was in Again, not doing everything perfectly. <laughs> right. But see, no, that was supposed to be a place of encouragement. It, it was. And what, what it has shown me now, as I'm 30 years into this, I'm like, man, I get it. Mm. I totally get it. Whereas before it scared me, now I'm. it breaks my heart. Because these ladies, they haven't heard a sermon in who knows how long Mm -hmm. they've played for they played piano or something equivalent for every service every time the doors are open they're expected to be there they have to do all you know they they clean up somebody's got to clean that toilet somebody's Mm -hmm. got to and I, i see it now that they just they're tired well, this isn't the place to to do this, but you know we've served in our location here in Hutchinson, Kansas, for twenty one years, yeah. and uh, j- just over twenty one years ago, we came in view of a call, and um, I remember one of the smartest things that we ever did that I did for us was I gave a top ten reasons why you shouldn't hire me, and part right. of <laughs> right. part of that was uh, you will not treat my wife like an employee; she's a member of the church mm. and serves where she wants to serve. Yeah. And then I said, you will not 
but I, I don't have pastor's kids. I have kids just like yours, and you can't put those expectations. And we drew some lines. Right. Uh, part of what we needed to do was draw those lines, but that was simply to draw attention to the fact that you were really a person and yeah. not, not a position. Uh, and and so that is what we need to celebrate the the person who is that pastor's wife, yeah, who is in that place, and that's why I, I love what you're doing, and I support hundred percent. This is so much fun. Uh, she she says you claim that you don't preach, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I've heard you. <laughs> I'm a good Southern Baptist woman. We don't preach. We speak. You speak. <laughs> you even sound more Southern when you say that. Uh, but but there are several events that we get to go to this fall where I love it. For the first time in our ministry history, you're on the platform, yes. and I'm just the eye candy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> but but it's because there's such a need to, there is. to talk about this. There is. So in this, we, we've got a lot of things that we could talk about, but I want to center our conversation around an article from 2015. And I know that seems like it's a million years ago, but the needs are still the same. I found yeah. it, and uh, and I thought it really spoke to some of the, the core things that we should talk about uh, on a podcast like this. It was written by Eric Geiger. It's on the Lifeway website. In the show notes, I'll put a link so you can go look to it as well. It talks about the three challenges of being a pastor's wife, which I understand me talking about another dude's article about pastor's wives <laughs> is probably not. <laughs> That's why you're here. You're here All to right. correct this. You either validate or you tear this down. It is pretty funny that two men are talking yes. about the needs of pastor's That's wives. That's why I brought you here, because I want to talk about this, but it, you're going to trump <laughs> no. whatever is said, right? So we're going we're gonna to give the information, and then you tell us if this is real. Okay. Uh, so three challenges of being a pastor's wife. And he in this article, he just talks about the burden uh, of leading and loving in that uh, local church context. The first one, he says, is that one of the difficulties or challenges of being a pastor's wife is dealing with criticism and requests. Um, uh, criticism from the congregation mm-hmm. at, at large and requests from staff or volunteers mm-hmm. and how those things can can mount up. And I almost, he lists those as one thing, but I kind of see them as almost two separate things. Criticism, how do you deal with criticism? Mm-hmm. And then the, the abnormal amount of requests that are put on you. Fair? Uh, is this one of the biggest burdens of a pastor's wife? I think it's definitely a burden of a pastor's wife. I think it can be, depending on the staff, depending on how big of a staff you have. Um, I remember when we were, it, it was you, me, and a dog named Boo. Me, you, and a dog named Boo. <laughs> um, we, I think we had three staff members, maybe. I don't remember. But the, two full and one part time, which yeah. was it was more than we needed at that point. But the church had declined, right, and had not yet adjusted. And yeah, and it was very. That's when I felt that burden probably more than anything else is that, and, and we were really young, mm. and and we didn't do everything right. Of course, we we're old and we still don't do everything right. But yeah. but I think. But we're getting better. We're, Our batting average is so, going up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, but I think that um, the criticism part was pretty intense um, just because even if they were little things that somebody maybe didn't appreciate that you said or you did or, you know, you threw out that one broken light or whatever, I don't know. Um, and it just, it was like, seriously, you can't just let that go, mm-hmm. you know? And, and those were the kind of the things that were really hard. Well, in in that, I remember you kind of went through an evolution of where at first you tried to be a peacekeeper, and then you kind of got angry about it, and now you've kind of settled into a, 
let's have a conversation. Yeah, yeah. And what has that evolution just, been like? I think just getting old is part of that too. <laughs> I ran out of energy, but um, it, I think understanding what my role is, I think is really important. And I don't know that I totally get it yet, but that I am not, it is not my burden to be the, the shepherd. That mm-hmm. is not my job or, or my burden to carry. My burden is to be your wife. Mm-hmm. I am first and foremost, I am your wife. And I need to be able to treat when criticisms or requests I need to treat them as your wife first. Mm. And so understanding that if you have an issue with my husband, okay, talk to my husband. Mm-hmm. And that And refusing to be the middleman. Right. I mean, we right. talked we talked about that, right? And said, yeah. When they come to you and say, "Can you do this?" You say, "I have no idea. Here's yeah. the church number." I, I don't know. That's what, not what I do. Yep. And yeah. and to, th- there was a deflect and redirect that you did. And if it was a criticism, um, of the church, especially, but if it was a criticism of me personally, you just drew the line. You said, no, I'm going to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can criticize the, the church if you need to, but you get personal with my man and, and, um, I'm not going to probably be very flat. Very I, lo- I love flat. it. It was 10, maybe 15 years ago. You came back from a conference with a t-shirt that had a, a uh, Doberman Pinscher on yeah. it, and it just had two words: "said preacher protector." And you would wear that to church all the time, I, and I love that. And 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 I think that's okay, but um, but that is one of the big burdens yeah. in in dealing with that. Um, you know, one of the one of the ways that I think let me encourage pastors, and I'm going to ask you, how do you encourage? pastors' wives when they're receiving criticism? What's mm-hmm. some coaching you can do when the, when that kind of thing is happening? But one of the ways that that we deal with this is that, uh, first of all, I protect you and mm-hmm. I protect my home. I don't yeah. want church 2.0 every time I go home. Yeah, I want a home. So we don't talk about every detail. I love it when every now and then somebody brings something up to you. What do you think about this? And you're like, I don't even know. I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't know about that. And you look at me and I'm like, yeah, I didn't need to bring it home. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. Be, because there are some things that I don't want you to have to be invested in. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to look at somebody and know that that's an ongoing thing. You don't yeah. need that weight. Yeah. And so, yeah, we share everything, and, and but but not all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. <laughs> uh, and, and so there's some things that we just, you know, I, I don't want to deal with at the supper table. Mm-hmm. And so we, we don't do that. And that's a protection that I want to create a bubble for my wife and my kids yeah. to appreciate the church and not have all of the bureaucratic negativity that a paid staff member has. Yeah. If I if I'm not going to call you, if I don't want them to treat you like a staff member, then you shouldn't be included in the the garbage right. of the staff member. Right. So that that's on my end, but But I think as a as the wife because I used to be all up about it. Like I I wanted I wanted to know what was mm-hmm. going on and it's my church and blah, blah, blah. and and then I'd work myself into a lather, but now I'm, I'm learning that I don't, I'm not designed for that. Mm. God didn't call me to do that. And once I, well, it took a lot of years, <laughs> but once I figured out that that's too heavy for me, I had to accept that you were not going to tell me every, I am not going to know everything. And that is okay. Number one, number two, part of the reason I wanted you to tell me was because I wanted to help you. Mm. My, my desire as your wife is to help you do what you do. And so I think a really big help, 
that a pastor could do for his wife is to make sure that he has someone, another man that he is talking to mm. that can help shoulder that burden. Mm. You know what I mean? So, so you're, encouraging, like... you're encouraging women to say, I, I want to receive what I need to receive, but you need to actually have a peer. I need to make sure you're okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Uh, second, Eric Geiger in this article says this, unrealistic expectations. Oh, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> These are the things that churches put on people that are just nonsense, but they, they have this stereotypical <laughs> view of a role or a person mm-hmm. or so-and-so back in the day did this. Oh, yeah. You know, that, that, that pastor that we had that was in his 60s and they had no kids at home, though <laughs> his wife was always up here in the office doing that. And she would, oh, and you're yeah. a completely different age, a completely yeah. different time, completely different gift set. So unrealistic expectations. It, mm-hmm. Is that a fair, in the in the big three of uh, pressures and challenges, is that big? Absolutely. Okay. Speak to <laughs> us. Give, well, give us a moment. But I think the, the, those that are real and those that are assumed, mm. and I think the ones that we assume are probably harder than the ones that are you actually mean, real. Unrealistic expectations you put on yourself. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. That's really hard. That's a tough one because we... We have, we, like everyone else, has this idea of what a pastor's wife should be. Now, if you're not in the church, you you may or may not have a, an unrealistic expectation of a pastor's wife. But if you're in the church, sometimes we get this, you know, everything. You have to actually live the Facebook life. Mm. Impossible. But the enemy tries to convince us that we have to model this quote unquote per- perfect life that does not exist. Mm. And then when that, uh, you, no one can do that. No one can live under that pressure. And so we have that expectation of we have to be the best servant. We have to be the best wife. We have to be the best mom. We have to be the best blah, 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 blah. And it's, it's really hard. And, and it sounds mm. arrogant, but it isn't because we want to be the best that we can be both for our Jesus, but also for our church. And, but it's, it's an expectation you say that very often you put on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Probably more than, more than, I mean, it does happen. Mm-hmm. They, I, I did get chastised one time as a very young mom. Um, well, I wasn't all that young, but my kid was young. <laughs> um, it, I think Noah was not even a year and I was chastised because I, my baby did not have shoes on. Like my baby does not walk. He does not need <laughs> shoes on, but, but he was, I, she, this, this, older woman who very much loved my children child at the time um was was just offended that mm. i did not cover my baby's feet up and i'm like I, I said okay okay i'll make you a deal you find shoes that that boy will wear and i'll put them on him and i'll be she came the next week with these shoes they were awful they were the ugliest things but they stayed on his feet so i made sure to put those on him every week but, well, I like that because what you just did is you reflected that. It, you, there's one. There's a difference between when you put something on yourself and then you're, you you just really need to be honest with yourself and take yeah. those expectations yeah. off. But when somebody else tries to put an expectation on you, you go, if that's important to you, then you bring me some shoes. Yeah. <laughs> you there, do that. 
There was also a pantyhose incident, but you know that's not what I want to talk about. I don't know that my audience can handle that story right now. <laughs> it was a very similar situation. <laughs> well, I did not end up wearing pantyhose. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. So unrealistic expectations, and these are these are I think not just about where, does your kid have shoes or what are you wearing, right. but they're very often about what you do in the church and and how much yeah. you should be at right. the church. Which right. there's this horrible thought that oh, we pay your pastor forty hours a week. We should at least mm-hmm. get thirty out of the wife too. Sure. And and that, that is not how not that works. Not okay. I know that, the you know, you've played piano for years. <laughs> yeah, I have. <laughs> no, my, no. My wife does not really do the musical thing. That's no. That's not, not her thing. Uh, and, and so that stereotypical moment of, will she do this? Actually, what my and she doesn't sing. You're, you're not just, well, huh? You're not, you're not, no. You enjoy it, but to be honest with you. I have that we, joyful noise. We don't need to give you a mic. That's, that's, not, that's not what you need. But whenever we would do a production, you give my wife a hammer and a paintbrush to work on a set. Oh, mm. she is in her element. Yeah. And then now we, we do a video-driven multi-site. My wife, uh, every couple of weeks, you don't see her at all because she's in the video bunker. And she's in there mm-hmm. directing cameras and doing what she's trained to do. So the expectation needs to be publicly set that you are a member of the church yeah. using your gifts and yeah. nothing more. That I think is such a big deal, and and you did you set a really great precedent here. I think at this church to say, my this is my wife's church, mm. and and I remember the pastor search committee asking me, well, what will you do? And I said, whatever the Lord asked me to do, and I know what my gift sets are. And even if I don't, I know what I don't want to do. Yeah, and they they accepted that. And again, I mean, there are those who think that. It, we're way better, but right. there were times when people thought that I should know, and it still, I still do, still get the well. What is what is happening with da da da? And it wasn't actually even a month ago. Um, somebody said, "Well, I figured since you were Andy's wife, you would know," <laughs> and I'm like, "I know the church phone number." Let's see, that's great. I love that <laughs> redirect. I love that redirect. I don't know. That's what you do with toddlers. Yeah. <laughs> right? If they're misbehaving, well, let me redirect you. And and you've just translated that to the adult community. All right, we, we've got to keep rolling yep, here. Yep, but yep. with regard to criticisms that are coming in and unrealistic expectations, you've given us some good good things to think about. I would say from the pastor's point of view, for all the pastors who are listening to this, I hope you're sharing this with your wife. But what on both of these needs to happen is if there is a violation of this, there needs to be a hard reset yeah. done by the pastor in love. Yeah. Uh, but a hard reset. Uh, no, you you don't come to her with those kind of things. You come mm. straight to me. Uh, and if you're trying to get to me through her, shame on you. Oh, yeah, um, that's a big one. Don't do that. And unrealistic expectations. Um, you manage your household. I'm going to manage mine. Yeah. Right? And uh, <laughs> and my wife is going to do whatever the Lord tells her to do and not what you tell her to do. And, yeah. and, and I don't think that's out of line at all. Somebody go, I'm worried about my job. I'm worried about, you know... Uh, I, I I can understand. I can I can have some fears with you and pains with you along that. I would just say this: Is that the precedent that you want to set for the next blank number of years of your life? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to do the hard thing now, so that you can enjoy the the fruit of that in the seasons to come. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's, so that's not easy. Not easy, but but necessary. To do. Yeah. Yeah. And and husbands, pastors, you're not telling your wife to do that. That's oh. us doing that. Mm-hmm. For our Y'all have to lead that. That's right. So three challenges of being a pastor's wife, Eric Geiger's article, uh, criticism, unrealistic expectations, and then the third one, and here it is, lack of quality time with the husband. <laughs> I'm sure there's some wives going, 
No, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) I hope not. I hope not. Terrible. But but no, that, is that is that a valid third big oh, weight? Sure. And sure why? Sure, it is. Well, because, because you're always doing ministry together. You're hauling oh, kids yeah. around, and yeah. and you're folding bulletins. I mean, yeah, you spend every so day fun. together. Yeah. So let's go stack some chairs, and <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that's a thing. That's a thing. Okay. In, in our experience, we went through these days, yeah. especially when I was. Working, mm-hmm. going to school, pastoring, and then you had littles. Uh, we had we littles, had littles. <laughs> but you were dealing with the littles at home. It seemed like we were two ships passing in the night from time yeah. to time. Um, but we tried to fix that by mm. intentionally creating something, and that was? It was date night. Mm. Yeah, it was the best thing. If, Sometimes that was the only time we saw each other. If you come to a Crosspoint meeting and you stood on the stage and you just said, hey, when's your pastor's date night? <laughs> The whole congregation would say Thursday. Thursday. They know we've protected that because, yeah. and everybody knows that the rule is, you better be bleeding, right? If you're calling us on right. Thursday, because yeah. this is, and we and we want them to model that as well. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. We we, no. we created that, and uh, and sometimes it was the only time we were seeing each other. Yeah. But we we held that line fast and uh, just kind of explain what a date night was for us to to intentionally create that quality time. It it was. Um, it was a babysitter mm-hmm. for one thing. Because dating is anything you do without, without children. children. Yes. yes, yes. Very important, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and we had some older ladies in our church that w- were very gracious to, to watch and love on our babies. Talking and, about Betsy and Missy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were awesome. Love those ladies. But um, also, uh, it's doing having a plan. Mm-hmm. It's Now, sometimes it was a week pitiful little plan but it was it was not at home we even if we just went and walked around walmart because we couldn't afford to do anything else yep. that was okay we could sometimes you went to sam's because the hot dogs were only a dollar right in and, and if dinner. you went early enough you could get the samples that's right, that's right. <laughs> that was dinner yeah we were poor but but it but it was intentional time together and you we had a rule we did not talk about church, and we did not talk about children. Right. And that was really hard. Yeah. Because... Sometimes we uh, we don't have anything else to talk about. Yeah, like, well, hmm. Okay. But come to find out, we do have lives. We do. And we fell in love again. Yeah. And uh, and so an intent... This is not the end-all, be-all. No. You should no, have no. daily time the best you can. But yeah. at the very beginning, to regain that, to, yeah. to have a date night. And when you say we were poor, literally, I remember there were some times... Like for a holiday on date night, we would go and pick out cards. Yeah. And say, if I had the money, this is the card I would have bought you for Christmas <laughs> this year. <laughs> we was, what, what, like half an hour in the card aisle just laughing at cards. And Never it. bought one. No, no, but no, said, no. We didn't. Here's a any. card I would get you. And we, yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> but my favorite, and this was not that long ago, is we went to Walmart and we picked out three outfits each. One yeah. was casual, right? One was formal, uh-huh. and one was off the wall. <laughs> and then we went into the dressing room and came out and catwalked for each other. Yeah, right? the little, we did yeah, the, the, we did the little. <laughs> <laughs> we just we showed our outfits. Oh gosh, that was so funny. It was fun, and what was really great was about two outfits into my side before you started. A couple of the older ladies who were on break wearing the blue Walmart vest right. figured out what we were doing, and they would go, "Oh, that yeah. one's yeah, that's it, that's the one." Yeah. 
<laughs> it was pretty funny. But so what we're getting at is it's about creativity, being together, breaking the normal cycles, yeah. getting out of the routine, and spending time together. You don't yeah. have to spend a dime. No. You don't have to spend a dime. No. It's really, it helps to reset. As a, as a PW, it helps to reset to know that my husband still prioritizes me mm. over the church. Well, and, and that's the key. The, the first two, I said, with regard to criticism and with regard to unrealistic expectations, pastors, you have to do a hard reset. If that's a problem, yeah. you got to do the yeah. hard reset. But if the lack of quality time uh, is, um, is an issue in your marriage, here's the issue. Here's the issue. Everybody's got the same mm-hmm. amount of time. Yeah. If you're bivocational, trivocational, um, you have to set those priorities. So it may not be a hard reset that you need to do. It may be a restacking, reprioritization that you yeah. need to do. Yeah. And uh, for those incredible pastors' wives, we we gotta we gotta love on them and give them that time. Yeah. Treat them like a treat them like an angel. I think I think the it all starts with praying together mm. and making sure that you guys are you're you're on the same page, that you're seeking the same goal. You know. You, God, God didn't call your husband and not call you. That's right. I mean, I, I'm not called a pastor, but I'm called to be your wife, and no one can do that job as well as I can. Pastoring is uh, he he's called to do the duty, but the family is called to be a pastoral family. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Lady, I'm so thankful to have you. No oh, thanks. If you could speak one word of encouragement, if you could just say one thing to all those pastors' wives out there, some of them are doing great, some of them are in a little bit of a struggle, some of them are ready to give up. If you could speak just a word of encouragement to them, what would it be? I would just say thank you. Thanks for doing the hard thing. Thanks for being steadfast and faithful, even when you don't think anybody sees it. The kingdom's going to look different because you're doing what you're doing. Mm. Such a good word. Proud of you. She's tearing up for you guys. Uh, We love you much, and we can't wait to see you again on another episode of the Rural Pastor Podcast. But between now and then, what we're going to do is we're going to hit this little intro, outro thing. You're going to hear a great song, and then you can hear a very sweet voice tell you some goodbye stuff. <laughs> Love this, Mrs. Addis. What a gift you are to us in ministry. Many blessings. See you soon. Bye-bye. Like the prophet Jeremiah, you may be the one to go to the dying and the broken with a message of hope to that church on the corner of that forgotten little town with a room love can still be found you may never know of all the seeds you sow but it just takes one willing soul to make it known thank you for joining us on the rural pastor podcast special thanks to chosen road for our incredible theme music and to 180 digital for their corporate sponsorship and making all the technical things possible Rural church leader, we want to remind you that your work is important, that you are important, and that you are not alone. See you again soon for another edition of the Rural Pastor Podcast.